Hey, welcome back to DIY Music, everybody. This is Brad, um, and I got something cool for today. I'm going to try something new. So every post today is going to be about EQ, equalization. I figure it's something that I've talked about a lot, and it would be good just to, you know, spend every post, because there's a lot to, to discuss. Um, every post that I make today... I will try to make it about EQ, equalization. So um, the first thing that comes to mind is that, um, you know, especially if you're looking at plugins and stuff, there's there's free stuff, there's, um, you know, console emulations of like SSL, API, and, and these are all just different companies. Every EQ really does the same thing. If you've ever seen a graphical EQ, it's one of those ones with like, I don't know, like a million vertical uh, sliders where you can just individually notch out. And I think that's more for like live settings in case you get feedback where you can just instantly, you know, and, and that takes a hell of a lot of skill to be able to hear something, know exactly which frequency it is and kill it before the audience gets mad, like mad respect to people that can do that. Like that's wild. But that, but that's what EQ is basically. Um, it's, it's really just a glorified volume knob, but for only specific frequencies. And there's, there's so much to get into with individual instruments and stuff. I'm going to try to paint a really broad picture here. Um, e EQ is probably a, a good stepping stone into the world of mixing because it's one of the things that you're going to be using the most often. Um, so like I mentioned, you got the SSL. Let's, let's compare a few. We, we got the SSL, uh, which I use, the API, which I have not used, and you also have your stock EQs. Um, for me in Pro Tools, you know, it's just a, just, just an EQ, that, you know, nothing really fancy about it. And those work just fine. And then that's also the kicker here is that you don't need you know, the expense, you know, the, the SSL costs a little bit of money, but I had to make sure that I got it on a sale because I didn't want to pay that much. But um, that's the one I use for now. But I'm also super getting into to Waves Q series, as I mentioned, like that's that's my new love. That's that's my new girl. Um, love, love the Q series so far. So musical. And that's the other thing is that every Q, you know, it's going to be different, you know, like uh, a, a lot of them color the sound, and I think that that's some of the benefit that you get from using like an API or an SSL, where in addition to the EQ, there's also algorithms going on in the background that are subtly, maybe not so subtly, they're, they're altering the, the color of your sound uh, in, in general, and, and hopefully in a good way. Um, and there's a lot of other ways to do that, but if you can do it with the, with EQ and it sounds good, that's fantastic. Um, so moving on to the number one rule of thumb that I always hear people say, and actually first I should say there are no rule. I mean, like especially with EQ, depending on what you're doing, rules are meant to be broken. And so like it's tempting to not boost something 18 decibels because that's against the law or whatever like but if it sounds good to you and you're careful that it's not going to cause listeners ears to bleed and it and it sounds musical then yeah do it um the other thing is that uh 
the the rule of thumb I was going to say a second ago is start with subtractive EQ. So start by taking out frequencies. Take out the bad frequencies first. And I, I've lately been equating it to like molding clay or like sculpting or something like that. You got your sound. It's just a lump of clay. And so what you're doing with EQ, first with the subtractive, you're basically just getting out all the boogers. You know, there's, there's a lot of mud. You hear people talk about that. That's usually like in your low frequencies or your upper lows around 300. There's a lot of different, like everybody talks about 300 hertz. That's a big spot for muddiness to occur. So you want to make sure that, that you just get it out there. Um, so I'm coming up on 10 seconds here and I'll come back with another post because I feel like uh, this is going pretty good. All right, welcome back, DIY Music EQ Day, post number two. Um, so back on the tip of subtractive EQ, what you're trying to do is get out the muddiness and just make a clearer picture of what you are EQing. And this could be an individual track or the entire song. They're very, very different perspectives, though. Like where if it's an individual instrument, you can probably go wild a little bit by bumping it up a little bit more than usual if you feel like it. If you're EQing a whole song, you got to be careful where, you know, an increase or decrease of literally half a decibel depending on what kind of EQ, you know, if you're using like a shelf that just boosts like everything so like I'll, I'll do that a lot of times on the on the highs where there's just like a high frequency shelf starting at i don't know 2k 4k something like that and, and those are also good sweet spots too for a lot of vocals a lot of the information you know the the higher end information typically comes in at around the 2k mark ish um from from my personal experience but um Sorry, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Yeah, so so start out by just taking out as much as you can. Maybe step away from it afterwards because you want to come back with a fresh perspective. Then, and and hopefully only then, be, because if, if you start boosting frequencies, you're just making the bad stuff louder. So So one of the cool things that can happen is as you're doing subtractive EQ, it... It helps, like, let, let's say you're taking out something at 300 hertz, and there's a bunch of great low end at, like, 200. What you've done is actually highlight that 200 hertz without even having to boost it, just because you get rid of the junk. And then so people can kind of naturally focus, and the frequency itself naturally just kind of pops out a little bit more without all that junk that's ahead of it. So that's another thing to keep in mind. I haven't noticed that occur too often, but sometimes it does. Usually you still have to give it like a little bit of boost, but um, with with any of the frequencies, just, just be careful, you know, start out with small increments and then, you know, and then try doing a crazy boost and then see if it works or kills people and like, um, so let's see. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then there's always the the conversation around EQ versus you know e EQ before or after compression. Um, and there's a lot. You know, every mix engineer I think has their own workflow and their own 
logical reasonings behind doing one before the other. Um, and the good news is that they're both perfectly okay. Um, you know, the end listener does not care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody's listened to a Justin Bieber song being like, uh, they EQ'd before or after compression. Like, no, like nobody cares except for us. Um, but what, what I do is I EQ before compression. And, and the reason is usually just to get that junk out so that once you start compressing the signal, making it louder, all that kind of stuff, you're not also including all those bad frequencies. And also the, some of those bad frequencies, especially like the low end, those can actually trigger the compressor. So you really want to get those out of there. Um, the argument for the vice versa, I actually don't know what it is because I don't use it. But there actually is, I'm sure, a valid argument for going the other way too. Um, I, I think Chris Lord Algae, if you want to check it out, I believe he does EQ after compression. I'm not 100% certain. I, I saw a video. Um, but it is, it, it's, it's a good, great first stepping stone and it is also not easy uh oh, okay i'll talk about sweeping next so i wonder if i can do that in this post um i'll, I'll go ahead and make another post because uh, i want to be able to not worry about time when when i talk about that so uh i just want to say what's up to everybody and and also thank you all for listening i think this will be cool and, and this is these are kind of dense posts here so just kind of you know like listen back and grain of salt all that good stuff and then really it a lot of this comes down to you just trying it out seeing what works for you and i hope that some of this uh helps what is up everybody brad diy music eq day post number three um, I'm, I'm realizing I'm, I'm a little bit better when I have a, a very narrow focus here. So let, let's just get down to business. I, I was going to talk about sweeping frequencies. So we've already talked about EQ and some of your good starting points. So then how do you do that? Um, one of the biggest things or the easiest ways to do it is what, what they call sweeping the, the frequencies. So you basically take your EQ and you drastically raise or lower it and just start moving it around the frequency spectrum until you find something that sounds horrible or fantastic. Um, usually starting with the horrible, of course, because, you know, starting with subtractive. So usually starting sweeping around the low end, sometimes a little bit before 500, 300-ish, you know, just, just looking for mud, just looking for like wonky sounds that don't fit the rest of the sound. And so the best way to do that is by cranking up your EQ, you know, so, so that it's higher, you know, so like plus 12, plus 18 decibels or something, and then just kind of moving it back and forth to, to find those frequencies. And then from there, once you find it, then you get your cue. Uh, the, the cue is just how narrow or broad the, um, the boost or cut will be. So like what other frequencies will it take out? Um, you can get pretty surgical with a narrow cue. Um, what, what was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So for boosting, I have heard that you want a broader cue 
because and and I know that some of this stuff might be a little bit weird and it's difficult to understand if you're unfamiliar with it but but just trust me here and and, and follow me. So from from what I understand if you're boosting a frequency you you want a wider cue because just because it sounds more musical and and that's what I've heard and that's what I do. And that's by you usually that's what I do and it seems to work. Um, when you're subtracting, you can be more surgical if need be. Um, you just kind of have to play around with the cue a little bit more. Um, I, I lost my train of thought after all that cue. But yeah, okay. So just back to in, in general, sweep, sweeping the frequencies, um, it's, it's a good place to start. And, and I still do it. Um, and I think every now and again, I'll try to jump straight to sweeping the frequencies by decreasing the volume because I think that that's a really truer picture of of what's going on because um, I think if you boost anything too much it's not going to sound good so if you can do this is kind of like slightly next level if you're able to uh, do subtractive EQ by actually starting out with the negative you know but but again it's it's really just getting to the finish line it doesn't matter how you do it um i thought of something else <laughs> this is so three posts in a row here and i'm starting to fade a little bit so um that's that's probably a sign to probably take take five for a few um let me see oh yes 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 yeah okay so i was gonna talk about tracks versus oh and then there's there's pass filters as well um yeah let's let's get into that so uh this could be even like a pre-eq stage and, and what i'm talking about here is definitely not vocals I'm talking about stuff like guitars hi-hats cymbals stuff like that where the frequency range that you actually want that is presenting the information that is actually good might not start until around 300 hertz, 400 hertz, 500 hertz, and and then while most of the meat is more in the upper mids, you know, like it's you you just don't need a lot of the low frequencies on a guitar, especially when there's a bass and kick going on. So if you're dealing with like a full mix like that, um, I I would sometimes take a pass filter to it and just cut out everything below a certain frequency and again i i sweep that too until that's uh, until i can no longer hear a difference which means that everything i'm cutting is useless because it's almost like blank space that you can't hear but it, it, it's still there just okay yeah i'm out of time <laughs> talk to you soon